0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 143 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett, here with Jimmy Duresta in a bathroom.
1: That's right, I'm coming to you live and direct from a bathroom in the Hilton in Chicago. Fabtech <laughs> 2017, hello everybody.
2: <laughs> yeah. I also
0: have David Picciuto, not in a bathroom.
2: Not in a bathroom, in an office. Good morning guys. How's it going? Very good. Going great. Going great.
1: Where are you Dave? You look like you're in a new spot in the house.
2: I No, I just switched the desk to the other side of the wall. So oh. what you oh. see behind yeah. me, that's a it's a mahogany paneled wall and that's coming down and it's gonna be drywalled. Oh, nice.
1: hmm.
2: Yeah. You hate mahogany? Okay. Uh, so I hate mahogany that's all warped and curved and it
0: really looks awesome on camera, but in person you're like, <laughs> <"Ew."> <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. Is it just the thin paneling or are yeah. they like actual pieces that you could use? They are actual
2: pieces I could use, yeah. Ooh. So it's wow. it's not it's not um it's not like a plywood. Paneling, it's just in pieces of, of mahogany. So, you're gonna
1: take that beautiful coffered ceiling good. down?
0: And... <laughs>
2: <Beautiful>. <laughs> the, I'm gonna re carpet everything the ceiling,
0: the walls, the floor, the door, nice. the window. Yeah, yeah.
1: With,
2: with I, like I
0: tiles, can. like a carpet tiles. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. You got it. Carpeting right. the windows. Oh. <laughs> classic,
2: David. Oh, <laughs> classic, Pachudo. <Picciuto.
0: laughs> how's, uh, how's the shop?
2: We just made our first full project in the shop yesterday or we we awesome. got started. Uh we made a pair of file cabinets, walnut file cabinets. Almost got it done. It's fantastic. It's warm, cozy. Um I I'm I'm learning some I'm using the carpet as a gauge to determine like how well my dust collection is and mm. um I'm it's going to be my motivation to try to minimize dust and chips as much as i can fingernails finger and fingernails we're we're back on (laughs) that (laughs) uh yeah so i think the one thing that i'm kind of i can't quite figure out well there's two things is the drill press and the lathe they produce a lot of chips and chips go everywhere i think for my lathe i have a little rockler dust collector that um kind of wraps around the piece. But I'm thinking about um getting rid of the mo the, 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 the base legs and have it sit on on a platform with mm-hmm. kind of like little lips around it. So at least Like, all a, the like chips a chip will... tray like you would
1: see on, yeah. a, on a on a metal aid, A chip tray. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hmm. And then maybe do something
0: like Good that thing. on a drill press as well. Yeah. You know, I've never used any of those dust collection type things for a lathe. I've seen those where they it's kind of a hood that wrap around the back. Mm-hmm. Do you think those would work better if they had some sort of a positive pressure on the front of them? Like if you had a fan oh. blowing <laughs> into it to actually force those pieces um, back?
2: Well, I don't, I don't know. It works fairly well with the fine dust. Maybe not so much the okay. chips. Maybe that, that forced air would help with the chips. But when I'm sanding and you can see... You can see the fine dust goes right into into the dust collection. It's it's when you have the the big chips and you're roughing away something.
0: That's when those things go everywhere. Yeah, and I guess they're being forced towards you anyway, for the most part. Or up or whatever. But huh. Crazy. Anything else about the shop that you found so far that like you oh, this has to change right away or you know?
2: No, not not quite yet. Um, I'm only one project in, so I, I'm, yeah. I'm sure. I, I I think the only thing that might change is placement of tools, trying to figure out the right the right spot. So
0: yeah, like I know that we found that I had to I had a couple of dark spots relative to the amount of light that was everywhere else. So this past week we like added another light and kind of tried to even it out. I, you know, running into stuff like that, the more you film. The more I film, the more those type of things I find that I have yeah. to tweak.
2: There is there's one. It's a silly thing. And my, my sliding wall, the, the, behind my bench is a panel of, of six hollow core doors. And they all slide so you can kind of open up into the closet. And I, I wallpapered that with like this stone, stack stone pattern. And in person, it looks really awesome. On camera, though, it looks kind of green screen because the light will hit the dark parts of it, and they're not completely black. They're kind of gray, and uh. it doesn't have a cool effect on camera.
0: So that will probably change soon.
2: Hmm. But that's just an interesting. thing.
0: If, I hadn't even thought about it, but like, um, does it have any re- weird reflections like from the lights that kind of... Make it feel more two dimensional because it looks pretty three dimensional from mm-hmm. the pictures that I've seen. Yeah, make
1: it a green screen and just make it do whatever setting you want in the back end. <laughs> Woodworking <laughs> in space. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great.
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, green screen I fi- your
1: own shop, your old shop in there. So you maybe like see so like okay, everyone wants to see my old shop and just like <laughs> and it becomes the old wooden wall.
2: I could definitely do <laughs> it. I have one of those green screens that that fold up into a big circle and then they it poofs yeah. out. Um, it's like a four foot by eight foot uh, screen, and I could definitely do that. And that would uh, there's always something a little unnatural about green screens, even if you're really really good at keying yeah. and all that. Um, so I could see that being annoying to some people, which could mm-hmm. be fun, I guess. <clears throat> the cheesier it is, the better. Yeah, yeah. I want to see like a Rainbows. little fuzzy line
1: around you the whole time
2: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got a force field on while i'm woodworking check this yeah. out yeah. yeah and i want like the whole, like if you, if you happen to have like a green handkerchief i want there to be a hole right in your chest you know <laughs> <laughs>
0: of the background yeah <clears throat> but awesome. a green hat the top of your head is missing yeah. well jimmy where are you when you're in a bathroom i'm bathroom in a bathroom
1: in the hilton in chicago I'm at 720 South Michigan Avenue. We were in FabTech. My buddy Ryan's with me, so he's in the room. So that's why I'm hiding in the closet in my new sound room, in the bathroom. But uh, FabTech uh, here. I was here for Lincoln. I was here with April, John Malecki, uh, Johnny Brook, Zach uh Doug Retrowell. I hope I didn't forget anybody. And we had an amazing time. We we really had a great time as a crew, and we had a great time working with Lincoln. Lincoln was just amazing hosts. They they. Really provided everything we needed, and we just had such a great time. And just spent the last two days at FabTech. It goes on for two more days, but I'm leaving today. And FabTech was just incredible. Just such a such a uh, so many inspiring interactions with fans, and and companies, and people at companies, and you know so many people just praising what we're all doing. And just I could talk more about it, but just such a great week. And, and I, I made so many good contacts and. Uh, my building by the way a little update on my building as well kyle finished in in enclosing the building he didn't cut out the window holes so if you look at kyle's instagram you'll notice that the windows are still covered but they're framed inside and his job is done he finished the roof the roof is obviously the most important thing for a structure that's sitting there so the roof is completely done it's black standing seam metal roof it looks gorgeous and now I'm starting to get a little, a little bit of a trickle of emails of people, like everybody I met at the show is like, oh my God, that shop's incredible, you know, oh my God, I can't believe I'm so happy to be watching that building process, and you know, Kyle put, I probably had 15 to 20,000 subscribers in the last two weeks since he's been at my house, and uh, his Instagram is blowing up, and it's just, it's such an exciting thing, and now I have so much more work to do. Kyle often mm-hmm. says it because his job is the easiest one. Now I've got to deal with the floor, the walls, the electric, and the second floor, all that stuff yeah. in the windows and the siding. So it's gonna be interesting to see. I'm gonna try and pull in if anybody wants to sponsor any of it. I'm gonna try and pull those guys in and, but at the end of the day I think that's like it's all up to me. You know, people always say, Oh get someone to sponsor. We talked about that last week. I'm like, Oh, give me a half of give me ten thousand, hundred thousand dollars worth of material. They're like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give it to you for like, you know, I'll give it to you for designer costs, which is like ten percent off. But we'll see we'll see where it goes yeah. uh, as far as you know the the rest of the building, but uh, I'm definitely anxious to keep moving on it and it's there now, and I have no option but to keep moving on it so that's definitely that ball's in motion forever but just being at the show is just very 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 energizing and, and there's so many things that are possible it's just incredible to see this right,
0: uh, world the uh the shop does look amazing from the Instagram post that I saw. Thank you. And the first thing that I wanted to do was fly a drone around on the inside of it. Have you oh, done yeah. that yet? <laughs> oh, yeah. I did awesome. a little bit. You'll see in the next
1: <laughs> video I put out. There's all chains and stuff in there like, that shored the building up. I did like a kind of a little techie interview with, with Kyle. will be on the next uh, vlog, which will probably be out this Friday. I haven't had a chance to put it together. But, um, yeah. So, and Kyle's an amazing. He's like a hotshot drone pilot. I'm always joking with him. I'm like, he, he's like... Uh, uh, what is that movie with the the guys that fly? Uh, what is that? Top thing? Gun. Top Gun. <laughs> Those guys that fly planes. <laughs> he's like a Top Gun pilot. The minute he sets his drone up in the air, he's like janking on the controls, left, right, up, down. He really has it all down. He flies it so often when he's filming his jobs. So mm. he flies it inside. He does everything. He flies it to the rafters, which is like super tight. But, yeah, um, yeah, it's just so exciting, the, the building. You know, it's an exciting time in my life. I, I just want to keep the momentum going.
0: Yeah, so, that's awesome. That's fun. Well, for me, um, what have I been doing? <laughs> it's kind of hard to remember. <laughs> what's going on, uh, Bob? Uh, we st- uh, I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, we started some dust collection in the shop, finally, which is really cool, um, putting in, like, a legit fixed system. Um, and it's all plumbed up and working well. It's all manual, so I feel like a caveman because I got to go around and open and close gates like an animal. Oh my god! Um, so, <laughs> so uh, next up is, and I'm currently working on some automation stuff to make that not have to happen. But it's it's really cool. The automation is kind of ran into some mechanical problems. I got to figure out with the new blast gates. But essentially, I'm doing what I did before. You know, my old system where I had a keypad and I could hit a button and it would open and close all the right gates to turn on suction to a certain tool. So I'm getting rid of the keypad, and now it will be a uh, voltage draw. When it, Anytime a voltage is drawn from a certain tool, it triggers on the dust collector and automatically flips all the right gates in the right section. Wow, wow uh, fancy. All, all, all DIY, I know I'm not buying any components that do that. You know, like there's, people sell systems that do that, but... Mm. It's all really simple, really inexpensive components to make the electronics. The mechanical part of it, getting the gates to be able to open and close with a spinning motor or a servo, that's where it. it's like I understand how to do it, but the technical stuff of actually doing it is where we are right now. So, But it, it's really exciting.
2: Can you have two gates open at the same time
0: or is it always just, yeah. just one? Yeah. No, I mean, it's the Arduino is the brain that, when you when you say, like, this tool is triggered, set the state of every gate. So there are branches, and so sometimes you do have to have more than one open to make sure suction goes from the collector all the way to the tool because there's different branches along the way. So, yeah, you can definitely kind of tell it to, to do whatever you want it to do. So we're working on that. Um, I've got a video coming out. Uh, Thursday, Well, I guess it'll be out by the time this is out, Uh skateboard hanger, and so we've got a bunch of skateboards for the house, and, I, and I've seen people make like hangers where you can stack the boards horizontally, and you can just slide them in, so you can stack a bunch of boards on top of each other.
1: Oh yeah, you just saw like the prongs sticking out.
0: Yeah, and that that's fine, but of course I want to make it difficult for myself. So <laughs> I decided to, and I also wanted to be able to hang a helmet with a skateboard. So my kids are encouraged to, when yeah. they grab a board, also grab a helmet. Right. And uh, so I ended up welding this. It kind of looks like an upside down question mark. It's mm-hmm. kind got like a hook and yeah. it's all, it's a, it's a hexagon with two missing sides so that the skateboard trucks fit into those missing sides and kind of hook down into this hook. And then there's a post that sticks out of the top that has a little platform for a helmet to drop on and how
1: many skateboards will it hold?
0: It's just a single. Oh. And so I was trying to come up with like a way that everybody could have their own, you know, like their own board and their own helmet on in a line on the wall. And this was one of several different ideas I had and after making it, like it's totally impractical to make 5 more of these. It would take <laughs> Way more time than it's worth. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was an interesting proof of concept, but it's not something that I would... If you had one, that's cool, but if you have a family of six with six skateboards and six helmets, <laughs> it's not worthwhile. <laughs> so um, I'll have to come up with some other ideas for the other ones. Uh, but, you know, it was interesting, and I got to work work on my welding.
1: Make a wooden jig, so you could always do that. Well, I,
0: the mechanics of, like, holding it together, it... That wasn't bad. It was mostly just the amount of welding, the amount of oh, grinding to get rid of all the welds, yeah. you know, just the amount of stuff. Um, it just took more time than it was worth mm-hmm. for me. And I, obviously, the more you do it, the sure. faster it would get, I guess.
1: You could also, but, just another another tip I did once, and everyone's like, oh, that's a great. I did this a long time ago. If you have like a long tube, are you making your your hook out of solid or, or hollow uh, tube?
0: Square, s- square tube. Yeah.
1: So you could notch it and just bend it. So it's always on the outside
0: wrap, it's always at least connected, so you just weld it. So it yeah, like open up. I did consider that and I I don't know why I didn't actually try that. You know, if you have but, a good band, so that's a that's a good
1: technique to do. <clears> hmm. <throat> you know, like held in a place where so you could kind of push it in and out of the blade.
0: Yeah. Do you end up with like when you do that, the outside edge where it's bent, do you end up with like a good radius on that bend? Does it end up being pretty sharp? I guess it depends on the thickness of the material. It depends on the right?
1: thickness of the material and, and even if it's 16 gauge it won't be sharp, you know as long as you don't cut into the inside of that wall. If you give it yeah. the more you cut into that wall, the sharper that outside bend will be. If you don't cut into it at all, you'll have a nice smooth radius and you can always smooth it later.
0: Yeah. So, you know, hmm.
1: it's an application, you got to make a decision when you use it where you use it.
0: Yeah. So, uh, that's what I've been doing, Got to practice my MIG welding a lot. I did end up getting a TIG welder, I know we nice. talked about TIGs. Yeah. Um, I Learned got a lot the... about that this week. I got the AHP mm-hmm. uh, and I looked around at a bunch of different options and it was like, I don't know, a half, less than half the price of, you know, like a Lincoln TIG, mm-hmm. like a basic one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked at a bunch of different <coughs> brands and I know a guy here in town who has the same AHP one and he was like, I love it. I mean, it's what I learned to weld on. It works great. It's relatively simple. And uh, so I figured as a way to start. I would try it out. So I got that in this past week. I haven't even, I don't have 220 run yet, so I can't really use it yet. Uh, But I did get a new tank of argon for it, and I'm kind of getting all the stuff I need to be able to try it out. So hopefully in the next week or two, I'll be able to set all that up and actually try it for the first time. I did watch, uh, you said you were hanging out with Douglas from Retro Weld. Yep. He put out a video this past week or maybe the week before I watched it this past week where he spent time with Jody from welding tips and tricks and Jody gave him a TIG lesson. And so he relayed a lot of that information to, uh, into a video on his channel. And that was really helpful for me going into it, not knowing anything about the, you know, I've heard people talk about the mechanics of like how you move your hands and where, you know, how you feed and all that stuff. But I've never actually seen someone do it in a clear way. And he shot it, with the exposure down so that you can actually see what's happening. You can see the puddles move back and forth. And that was just seeing that made me like, oh, I understand the motion now. Now I just have to practice it, you know. But that was really helpful. I'll link that in the show notes because that was pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, it was a a great week of having a lot of conversations about all those different techniques. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to really try. There was a teacher here letting everybody try and giving some really uh, important instruction. But I did not have – I was talking – the entire two days, I didn't have a chance to kind of break away and test weld with some of the, you know, the uh, instructional guys here. But talking, I, so many just like conversations. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. You know, having a little bit of practical
0: experience with the TIG welding, aluminum specifically, is, is what I was really digging into. So, yeah, and that's great. that's really what I'm interested in it for. I mean, after doing this like skateboard hanger, I can see why being able to cleanly TIG would have saved me a lot of time on that because I wouldn't have had to go back and grind everything down smooth if it had if I'd been able to make prettier welds in the first place, you know? But the aluminum welding is really the thing that I'm... That's what's driving me to be interested in TIG so that I can make an aluminum rack for the top of my Land Cruiser and expose the welds as part of the, you know the look of it rather than trying to, which I've always done is just try to hide them is try to grind them back flat. Right. Um, and, and that still is necessary sometimes, but that's, that's kind of my motivation for it. Hmm. So we'll see how far I get with it. I don't know. Um, before we talk about our, what we're going to talk about, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. We were talking about this before we hit record. Sorry. (laughs) Fire. There's a fire. (laughs) What
1: was that? Am I alarmed for, for me to wake up at nine o'clock every day? I oh. think I turn all those little green buttons off, but they're always on. I'm being in the middle of a store somewhere. And my al- I'm like whose alarm is going off? And it's mine all the whole time.
2: That that <laughs> alarm sound. I used to use that, and Kelly is like, no more. That is the worst <laughs> alarm sound ever.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um. Anyway, uh, we were talking about Patreon before we hit record, and just how crazy it is. Um, how many people we have gained uh, supporting us on Patreon in the last, I don't know, six months or so. But it's, it's really awesome, and we're very grateful for everybody who supports us there on any level, because it really does make a difference. I was talking to somebody this past week about sponsorships within podcasts, and I was saying how for YouTube, I actively pursue sponsorships because that's the biggest way for me to make money and the biggest way for me to continue to do what I do. On this podcast, I think we've had one sponsor for one episode, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was like, it's not really worthwhile because we have people who support us on Patreon because they like the show. That's that's what we need to focus on. And that's, I don't know, in a world of like, I know that we can make X dollars from sponsorship, it's really awesome and comforting to know that we're actually being supported by the people that listen. So. Just want to say thanks. Very thank grateful to everybody Thank there. you very much. Uh, I got to thank our top supporters there, especially Old Dow, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Malton Make. Oh, I lost the list. Works by Solo, Torbal Terry, Freeman Finishings, a new one from Sean Rubino. Hey, Sean. Oh, hey, Sean, Sean. What's up, buddy? Yeah, and Make, Build, Modify. Um, so big thanks to everybody. And if you want to support the show and get access to our little after show that we do after the show, go to patreon.com slash making it. Check it out. Over there, what are we talking about?
1: Well, I was going to talk a little bit about some of the new technology I saw, and and we kind of we prompted both of you guys to come up with some interesting new ideas for some things that are out there that weren't necessarily at the show, but are really worth talking about. And mm. <clears throat> just the, the everybody say, what do you get out of FabTech? What did, you, what did you get out of FabTech? What did you get out of FabTech? And for me, the most important thing, and for for me, and for anybody that wants to, if you're on the fence about walking a trade show, it's the innovation that is the most important thing to go to a trade show like this and you see the little guy that has like a little idea he might have spent his whole life savings on this idea or the giant company that has these things that that like perform magic that you didn't know or even possible this sh- by the way this show is incredible there was 10 million pounds of steel on this, the, the showroom floor here. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. I'm, I'm sorry, like, when you see them, giant, like lifting a machine with a giant crane that sometimes flips over when you're watching some of these YouTube videos, I always watch the crane failure videos, but they're moving these machines <laughs> the size of an 18 wheeler, and they probably weigh as much as seven 18 wheelers because they're just thick, two inch, three inch, four inch thick solid steel these crazy benders. like I didn't see the machine, but everybody came to our side of the, the showroom floor and they're like, did you see that giant machine bending I-beams? There was apparently some crazy bender that was bending I-beams that were like 10 inches wow. by like 8 inches, like solid mm. steel beams that were turning them into hoops. So uh, just the, 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 the incredible human effort to bring all these machines, put them in the showroom floor, and then the electric. You know, I'm like... Ha- ha- yeah. haggling with my my electric guys like oh i can't bring in 200 i'm like these guys the, the amount of electric that was going on yesterday everybody's booth has a plasma cutter everybody's booth has air everybody's booth has a robot everybody's booth has some kind of hydraulic thing bending something everybody's booth has a laser the amount of voltage that must go through that place and you think like wow you know it's and i, and I keep it's funny. I, I at one point I got to, to weld my project. We all built a project at the booth, and I didn't work on mine until the second day. The minute I pulled the trigger, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is this is what welding is all about." But I never welded with 220 volts because on the showroom floor they have 200. I welded 110, and the difference between welding with 220 volts and at 110 volts, it's like night and day. Really? Yeah, I, it's like it's like walking through sand, and then all of a sudden you're walking on concrete. It's such an amazing difference. I mean, I didn't realize okay. the difference until I pulled the trigger. I'm like,
0: oh, my God. like This is like magic.
1: And so I had the same the exact difference? machine. You got what, what was more, the difference? You got more electric, more current, more more voltage.
0: Well, I know that. But I mean, like, how could you tell that it was different? What was the feeling? I had a puddle the size of a dime. Like, whoop. You know, when I'm welding
1: one time, I'm like. Grrr. But gotcha. compared to.
0: Zzz, and now I have a puddle the size of a dime. <laughs> Okay, uh, whoever created the dubstep, rewind about 15, <laughs> about fifteen seconds. Oh wait! And there's a bunch of samples for you. Okay.
1: Can, wait. Can I give some? I've been wanting to do this dubstep sample. Listen to this, and I will tell you what it is after. You guys can see, but.
0: Wow, that's. <laughs> that's okay. There you go. That's your sample. that's sound that's, that's really loud.
1: It sounds great in headphones. <laughs> Oh yeah. Do you want we'll tell everybody what it is next week.
0: <laughs> Tune in. Yeah. Yeah, guess guess what it is. How about that? We'll, we'll the tell funny thing is is, is every
1: week. morning I do it and I drive everybody around me crazy.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. I, mean, I can't imagine that. Um <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so you two two twenty sorry, I interrupted. Two twenty on the welding. Yeah, so awesome. the two
1: twenty just have more voltage, more current. I mean I'm not an electrician, but you just have more power. I guess it's the difference of like gardening and you're like water, watering your plants with like a hose that's a half inch. And then all of a sudden you get a hose that's like an inch and a quarter. And you're like, wow, look at all this water. I can go home earlier. So that's <laughs> basically the
0: difference. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. So um, but just the, the, the show is incredible. I mean, the people were incredible. So many, just on a side note, so many people in the industry watch what we're doing. There's guys that have, like, half-million-dollar laser cutters and plasma cutters and flame cutters. They're like, what you guys do is incredible. You know, you're, you're, you're inspiring the youth to get into this industry. I'm talking about all of us, everybody in the YouTube community. And, like, I walk into a booth, and it's like, people, you wouldn't even think in a million years they would have any idea who any of us are. Oh, my God, Jimmy DeResta from YouTube. Oh, my God, I listen to your podcast. And, like, this is a guy with, like, some crazy corporation on his chest from Japan. And, and like, what do you do? He's like, oh, we make this laser which cuts pipes for pipelines. So we're we're penetrating every aspect of life, which is just so amazing to know that we're mm. not just like hitting up other, you know, adults like us in the garage, but people big, people small. You know, you have guys from like these crazy like salesmen, like for instance, the guys from Fastenal came to visit me so that I could sign a funny image of like one of the guys that works there. He's probably listening. I, I wish I didn't remember his name. They cut out this funny silhouette of him with a little fake doll body. Like somebody did like a Photoshop of him. And they wanted me to take it because he wasn't able to come to the show. So they took a picture of me with him and a sign. Yeah, it was really cute. And I'm like, wow. And like, oh, there's so many fans. You should come to the booth. So I went over and said, hello to the people at Fastenal. And uh, but that was just one example of a few. And it's just nice to know that we're, we're, we're penetrating the world, you know, and that we're inspiring so many people. And, and on top of that, just the fans that came out to say, you know, they really love what we do and they're inspired and they're finally starting their channel or they're finally quitting their job. You know, we talk about this kind of over probably too much, but it, it never, gets, never gets tired to hear people achieving their goals and, yeah. and, and and getting to where they want to be in life and, you know, knowing that we
0: can help is just amazing. Um, yeah, that stuff is, is super motivating. I mean, like, I don't want to talk specifics, but we got an email – this past week? Was oh, it yeah. this past week? Yeah, that was from great a guy great. that made me cry. Like yeah, me. Just, too. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And I mean, I know that, you know, I, I I don't I don't say this to like inflate what we do at all, but just the fact that like doing something that you love, which is what we all do, can have an effect on somebody in a way that you can't expect. That boggles my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And when we hear stuff like that or get emails or talk to people in person, I mean that that stuff is super motivating to continue. So I guess just to wrap that up, like if anybody out there is like thinking that your passion may not necessarily have a positive impact somewhere, that's not necessarily the case. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. So yep. Do, yep. It. do it. Do it there. Oh, oh my God. Ah, fire. Oh. No, the fire. Okay. There's a toilet behind you. Put the phone <laughs> in the toilet. <laughs> Hold on.
1: Where's that green? dot? Oh, there it is. It was really far down. You see the green dot was here. I'm going to turn it
2: yeah.
0: Why do you have twenty-five alarms on your phone? Yeah, I there's also a little switch seconds.
2: on there too. You can just silence your phone.
0: Oh, <laughs> it right. turns everything off at once. Yeah, is that what that is?
1: But if I turn that off, I won't answer my phone for the next two weeks because I forget to turn it back on. Yeah, no. I'm trying to call you for hours. What is that? No. So. Uh, technology at the show it's just incredible and that's what we're going to talk a little bit about technology from the small guy I, this guy had this crazy clamp I just was emailing with him just a minute ago this guy had these crazy clamps and it's just a you know father son team that came up with this great invention and you know I love the screw clamps like the Jorgensen with the two chunks of wood and the two threaded rods I love those clamps I use them for so many different things and these guys came up with a clamp that works very similar to that but it's a completely new idea. And, when mm-hmm. I, and they have it made, they're like, you can't strip this, you can't bottom it, it's all for metal, but it could also be used for wood. I said, why can't we use these for wood? And he goes, oh, because you'll crush everything. I'm like, well, I mean, I'm not an animal, at least I don't think so. I could tighten it down. And he's like, well, if you want to use them for wood, that would be a new market for us. So they're going to send me some samples to play with. But from a little guy like that to a giant company that has like a, a new type of CNC something or other uh, and just walking around the show too, and seeing how people CNC stuff and how people plasma cut stuff, just with my eyes, just soaking things in. Like, ah, okay, now I know what I'm going to do on my plasma table. Oh, okay, okay, that's cool. When I shop for my laser, that's what I want to look for. So it was just, it was just really inspiring. So if anybody's on the fence about ever going to like a FabTech or a SEMA, which I didn't go to SEMA, it was in Vegas. That's really more like race car and and uh, you know like motorsports related. This is more fabrication
2: factory related you but. think uh somebody like me who doesn't do hardly any metal working would still walk away inspired and energized yeah yeah, yeah. because
1: you know it, it was funny there was like these these giant everybody's got a robot arm like a five, fifth axis robot arm like you see like tack welding in like a car commercial everybody's got one of those and they're not actually necessarily they're all made by i can only imagine the robot trade show There must be a billion robots (laughs) everybody and then they're they're like the robot name like they're they're all licensed or bought from some other giant company somewhere else so for instance like lincoln is not making a robot arm they have one and they show how their technology interfaces with it and for instance like esop doesn't make robot arms but they have 10 robot arms in their booth and they show how they you know they interact with it um but seeing the like i want one of these robots now what the hell am i going to do with it i have no idea i'll figure it out when i get one but one of these fifth axes. It's just like a big one robot arm with like a pointer on the end. In this case, it was a welding gun. But I want one. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. But I, I, I talked to a couple of guys. I'm like, if you want to send me one of those, I'll gladly take it and play with it. You can, <laughs> you, can
0: use it to, you can use it to press the play button on your tape recorder to like play, you know, just have this giant robot reach over yeah. and go, boop. And you know what you I could have it do? I
1: could, I could like pre-program it. So I'll set my iPhone in a spot. And every time my alarm goes off, it'll just go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: make sure it goes all the way through and just and it crushes like, the
1: screen so I, I have no interest in like those kind of robotics really i mean i didn't but now i'm like wow i want one of those i because visually it's just so cool looking what could i do with it i don't know if i had it in the shop i'd make it stir my coffee just like stupid stuff like that it's just hilarious yeah and so you'd go away from the show going oh my god i didn't know that was possible Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And everyone's got these things called a positioner, which is like, if you're going to weld like a pipe, it turns the pipe slowly. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, that would be a cool thing to, you know, showcase a product on, you know, like a little turntable. Um, yeah, I went by the fine FEIN booth and they have all kinds of new ways of holding, using a belt grinder, almost like the way Make It Extreme uses his, his angle grinder for so many different, to, motor, to motorize so many different techniques and so many objects. FEIN is doing the same thing. Fine is the company that's all orange. They're using their angle grinder to to motorize so many different object sanders and different types of things utilized in metalworking. I mean, it was metalworking-centric, but they obviously do a lot of woodworking tools. But just like going through and saying, oh, I have an angle grinder. I have a motor. I have a, a rotational motor source. How can I use it to do something other than that? You know, what it's intended for. And then just so many new abrasives, and you realize I'm struggling through grinding this and grinding that or sanding this and sanding that and this guy has a brand new technology that he's like, oh, no, this will cut your time in half. I promise you. Here, try it. And you're like, oh, my God, that works so well. So, you know, just doing that, walking around and if you do go to these trade shows, it's it's kind of a fine line. I remember when I would go to these shows and I'd be very intimidated to walk up to the people because I didn't want to engage in like, oh, so how many truckloads are you going to buy? Like, oh, I'm just a little moron that doesn't do anything. But now having a purpose and saying, oh, I have a YouTube channel and I review products and so on and so on. And, you know, just passing my business card off and being really interested in what they're doing and and having the ability to talk because I got something to give them back. I mean, not necessarily making a deal on the spot, but saying, hey, I'm an influencer in the world and tell me what you got. If this product's cool enough, maybe I'll take it away with me and talk about it. But... So I just got a lot out of the show where in the past I would have been – I would have – sorry, I would have just walked up and down the aisles and just kind of looked from afar and said, oh, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. But this time around Mm. I really did get involved. and I wish I would have walked more of the show considering time. I I walked kind of in the vicinity of where the Lincoln booth was because I was there with Lincoln. And I kept having to go back and check in.
0: So were there any specific – I mean, obviously the robots are cool and everything, but were there any specific technologies or tools – that you said like, oh, that could be used for this specific purpose in my shop, or I could do this specific type of thing if I had that.
1: Well, right one there. thing I noticed a lot of, and I saw it at Dewalt, uh, is like new grinders. I think uh, uh, Matabo makes a new grinder where it's got like a long, low, flat head. So it's if you want to grind in somewhere where, because usually the grinder has like a big knuckle on the back of you know the mm-hmm. the device that actually transfers this the rotation to it ninety degrees. It's like a big gear thing. And now they're making these things where it's really long and flat. So that's something that you've seen more of. I've seen a couple different companies that have that long, low, flat grinder so you can get into smaller, slimmer spaces. Uh, You know, if you're working on a motorcycle, you can get into a part of a frame, like maybe between the motor and the the frame where you wouldn't be able before. Um, Just uh, uh, there was this crazy machine that was as long as a truck, and you put a piece of steel in, it sucks it in. And there was a guy programming it, and I was kind of picking his brain. It sucks it in, it perforates it, die cuts it, it might actually laser cut it, because he wasn't able to actually run the machine, he was running it during the show, which I wasn't able to get over there, it was really far away from my booth, but it, it's a full-on metal bender, and he was showing me samples, he goes, you put this piece of metal in, and this comes out, and it's like a, an electrical box, like that you would all fold it up, or a mailbox, or, uh, you know, he, he said they make out this machine makes a lot of these things that, that you could pull a paper towel out of in a bathroom. And Hell, it's, yeah. it's funny to me to think, like, this machine probably costs a million bucks, maybe a half a million dollars, who knows? How many paper towel holders do you need to sell <laughs> to cover the cost <laughs> of this thing? You know, if you think, like, okay, like, there's one of these paper towel holders in every rest stop. Like, you can go from here around the globe three times, and it doesn't seem like you would make enough of those things to justify the cost of this million-dollar machine that perforates still. But obviously... Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at over your shoulder, Bob. Like, it could like I see you have like screw boxes that maybe that's a metal frame I don't know maybe it's plastic but if it was a metal frame it's the kind of thing that could stamp out those metal frame sections that would get tack welded together to become like a series of draw holders you know and so it's funny it's just amazing to me that this there's so much technology there there was millions of pounds of steel on the floor and electric and things going And for instance um there's a company called AlumaTank, and I met Bob and Terry, the guys that own AlumaTank. And they've given me metal. They sent me metal. They're fans of me. And they sent me aluminum to experiment with. They, I, they mentioned that they bought a big laser. I, I don't know which one, but a couple of guys said it's a huge one. So they went to go talk. So a company like that can justify the cost because they make a lot of gas tanks for, for giant trucks. You know, the, like the gas tanks that, that have, like, steps cut into them, like the big drum tanks. Yeah, yeah. With, like, a step cut into them. Like, they make all that stuff. And, you know, that all has... Just, it's, you know, big contracts and, you know, so companies like that. But w- when I'm looking at it, I'm thinking to myself, wow, it's just amazing that there's that much industry and technology and the economy to support these tremendous, tremendous machines. And it's funny, me and Taylor's mom was there. Taylor didn't come, but Taylor's mom was there and I walked around with her and we started talking to these guys that make this giant, tremendous plasma cut CNC. And the cool thing about it, and this kind of jogs my, my thought processes. Every CNC is attached to like a bed of a table. But some of these CNCs, I saw a couple of them, including the one I'm about to talk about. You basically have a giant gantry. So you have two big sides, a huge gantry above. And, it, and you know, like we're all like looking at numbers like, oh, my thing is 18 by 24. They have some of these big industrial CNCs. It's just a huge thing. You could park a car under. So it might be 10 by 10 mm. feet or 15 by 20 feet. And it's a huge <clears> gantry. And under that gantry, there's a table here for plasma cutting. There's framework here to hold a piece of beam. There's a thing over there that holds a tube. So you have all, it's a multi-process robot plasma cutter. And under the area of its gantry, you have all these different processes you can do. So it's a type of machine that has a lot of flexibility. Wow. As opposed to the gantry being attached to the table that only CNC's would or only, you know, plasma cuts. So that was a pretty cool thing that I saw. For instance, uh, there was another guy that had a laser cutter. And the the gantry went to the floor. So you had two train tracks, like six-foot train tracks, 10 feet apart. And the whole gantry rode on those two train tracks. And then you had the, you know, that was your your X. And then your Y was the whole length of, like, say, 12 feet wide. And then underneath there, you have the table here to do this process. And you have a table over here to do that. And you can walk between the tables. So (laughs) that's crazy. (laughs) that was kind of mind-opening, thinking like, oh, wow, that's like a different way of approaching a CNC machine. That's in a shop with a big floor um so just stuff like that and uh it's those little things like that obviously is like you know we're looking at half a million dollar machines oh so Taylor's mom and i were talking to the one guy that had one of these giant machines and he goes this 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 one's on sale because you never know who you're talking to you know Taylor's mom could be you know a sales rep for a giant company and the guy literally goes he goes if you want this you could probably do better he goes, it's a half a million, but if you want it, we could probably do better. I'm not sure how much I got to talk to my boss. I'm like, this guy's <laughs> like dealing in, like he's talking like we're talking about, you know, a used yeah. car, and it's a half a million dollar plasma cutter on this giant gantry. And Tal, his mom was like feigning interest because I was there, but it was so funny. The guy goes, well, it's a half a million, but we could probably probably give you a break if you want to talk to the boss. <laughs> and I go, let's go look at the other one. And I pulled her away. I'm like, let's go look at the other one and compare. <laughs>
0: But See, well, if 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 it's that cheap, there must be something wrong with it. <laughs> right, <laughs> we're off. Let's go. Right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Dave, you were going to talk about I'm something. You 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 had a cool project. You were going to a product. You were going to talk about that that's been popping up in the media lately.
2: Well, I've been seeing it. Uh, they must have a big advertising campaign because it keeps showing up in, in Facebook ads. And it's a little Goliath CNC, which you just set on top of the workpiece, mm-hmm. and it somehow maps itself, and is able to cut out pieces out of it, plywood or whatever. I just yeah. don't understand, because it's on like three wheels. I don't understand how it stays in place without slipping and moving.
0: So I I don't know much about it, but I, I have seen that ad. And then I heard a conversation, and I can't remember if it was at Maker Faire or somewhere, where originally the idea was to have it completely independent on those three wheels, and it would you know be able to move itself around and do everything as it kind of said in the video but i think they ended up having to add two connection points to it to lock Mm -hmm. it down to the table or to give it a reference point i can't remember what the purpose was but i think there's a line that comes off of each side of it that connects to the surface Uh, i think you know somebody uh, can correct me
2: there's so many Kickstarter, Indiegogo things. You see all these technologies, and it's like coming soon, and I I, I get all I I try to ignore them now because I get all hyped up. I'm like, that looks amazing and awesome. Oh, it's not coming out for two years, and then two years later, it's a different tool than it would what yeah. it was or advertised. But so I'm that,
0: looking at the website yeah. right now. Sorry, yeah. And there's the there is a photo of it with. Uh, a line like a steel cable that comes off of two points from the top of it that go to not to the workpiece, but maybe to the surface that it's uh, on so anyway go ahead was, that technology
1: was, seems like it really only would cut vectors because I can't imagine you'd be able to keep riding over the same surface while it's like three dimensional oh that's
2: a good point uh, hmm. Yeah,
1: you know you, you can't do like a, you know, a, lot of, a lot in X because if you do a moon surface for instance then that thing's going to stop rolling and bumping on that top surface
2: yeah that makes sense I am not excited about that tool at all now. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I didn't
1: stop to think about it either. I'm thinking, wow, it's only going to make vector cuts because – and then, and on top of that, it must weigh a lot because it, it has to. The friction and the – you know, you guys know what a router will do if you don't hold it. It will just jump across the room. So the fact that that thing is going to be router cutting and free walking around the top of the surface, it's going to have to weigh <laughs> probably 80, 90 pounds to keep it in place. But even yeah. –
2: even if like you're cutting like a vector of a star, even before it gets to the end of that point, you would think those wheels are gonna fall into yeah. the the screws. That's hmm.
1: yeah.
2: Ride right in and out of the cut you are making. Yeah, I wonder wonder what they're doing to solve that. They're gonna huh. put it on a gantry.
0: <laughs> well it it does have <laughs> it does have it, it looks like auto Z axis calibration. So maybe it's keeping track of the z variation as it moves around i don't know how it would work over there though i don't know i don't know <laughs> Some, <laughs> somebody freaking? from goliath <laughs>
2: yeah i would love to learn more i i don't i don't want to um crap on anybody's any product i just have i have questions about it and it seems too good to be true and now that i see that the that cable is there that answers a few of my questions
0: um, yeah, there was another thing kind of like that in that. Um, Do we talk about the little desktop laser cube? Was that on here that we talked about that? I think already? yeah, that is the piece of junk. Yeah. Well, anyway, on, there was a Kickstarter for this little cube that looked like a GoPro, like a session, yeah. and it was a laser, and it, it was on a tripod, and you could stand it on your desk and like f- point it down at something on your desk and laser onto thing, which is such a horrible, dangerous idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. You, you <laughs> can like, laser an image on your fingernail. But it's actually a thing and they put it on Kickstarter and Kickstarter actually talked to a guy I know at Kickstarter at Maker Faire and he said, yeah, we shut that thing down really quickly because there were no safety measures in place. And so they ended up shutting down that and then bringing it back to Kickstarter with an optional container that you could put it in. And so they framed it as like, if you want to use this little adjustable laser, just make sure you use it in the safety of this special box, you know. Huh. You don't have to, but yeah. th- it's there, and they can. Sh- so, I think it's back on Kickstarter um, with some safety considerations kind of tacked onto it. But stuff like that is—it's really cool that that technology exists. That you can have a laser that you can actually engrave things with. That's that small. That's self-contained. But I mean, good grief!
1: <laughs> you guys remember about a year ago, Kudrone was popping up between everything you were doing online. Kudrone, drone, drone. Does that ring a bell to any of you guys? Cool drone. It's mm-hmm. like a little. It's a hundred dollar 4K drone, and yeah. so I was like, yeah, for hundred bucks. Let me. So I bought into the thing for hundred bucks, just on a whim. It's probably late at night, and I was doing other stuff, and it's a like, moment of weakness. And so, <laughs> the whole year I got emails. It's like, sorry, the drone is going to be out next week. Sorry, we're only making it in black right now. Sorry, the the app's getting redone. I'm sorry, it only works for. For Mac right now, it's going to work for for Google Plus in a couple of weeks. Like every, I, I just never open them. I could just see from the first three lines, it's something that I don't care about. And a couple of days ago, before I left it for Chicago, the coup drum was on my my doorstep, <laughs> and, and I popped it open, and it's this little drone. It's like it's the big as a pack of cigarettes, and I downloaded the app. Within a minute, the thing was flying, but it's completely uncontrollable. It's just going. Mm. <laughs> It's just like flying sideways into the wall and hits the wall and goes right to the ground. I pick it up, I start again, it goes, bee, flies in the other direction, hits the wall, and goes to the ground. I cannot control the damn thing at all. It's supposed to have all kinds of GPS, and it, it's as light as a feather. And, and it's actually the one interesting thing about it is when you're flying it on your iPhone, the image that the camera sees is the entire background of the control panel. So you're looking right through all the controls. At the whole image, so your whole iPhone turns into what the camera sees with like a you know the, 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 the left and right thumb adjustable knobs right over the image. So I thought that was hmm. a cool graphic solution. So the, it's not you're not looking at a little screen you know with all these controls around it. you're looking right through the full square iPhone image of what the camera is seeing, and all these different controls are kind of masked across it like a heads-up display. Hmm. but it's completely unflyable. So the KU drone, thumbs down. I said uh, if I took it out, if I took it outside, it would just probably. I, I I didn't, I didn't take it outside, but I was with Kyle for a minute. He actually Instagrammed me uh, playing with it. If I took it outside, the thing would just disappear. Cause it would just go meee, and fly completely away. I wouldn't be able to control it. I'd have to try to intentionally crash it, hmm. which hmm. wasn't easy too because it didn't do anything you wanted to do.
2: Anyway, that's the KU drone. Don't buy it. <laughs> That's my review. Two I thumbs saw, down. I saw this thing. It was an ad that popped up, and I just put a link in the in the notes here, called Yeehaw Wand. Terrible name. <laughs> um, but it's like this. Uh, if you uh, click on the video and you watch the video, I'm going to mute it here, you basically have your phone and this little magic wand, and your phone has the camera on and you you find an object that you want to draw, and then you wave this magic wand in front of the phone, over over the outline of this thing that you want to draw, and it draws this thing in three D space, and yes. it makes a three D model that you can then like three D print or C N C or whatever. You get to like thirty seconds in the video, and you can start to see some of the magic, and I I huh. use magic in quotes.
0: Because I wait, it didn't have real magic. Oh, no. <laughs> what the, well, I'm
1: looking at this? What the hell is going on? I don't get. It. He's making a necklace or something.
2: It's a little bit past that. You'll you'll see some more 3D objects and like, oh, that looks cool. It looks kind of hard to use, but if that works well, that could be useful for somebody like me who's not very good at drawing 3D objects. I don't know. Um, it's mm. huh, future technology that probably needs a couple more uh iterations before it's it's usable yeah. kickstarter coming soon so you know it's it's a ways away but
0: yeah so they had an idea and they made a video about a potential idea <laughs> yeah exactly idea.
2: now they need money to try to execute that idea
0: all so we that, have to do is figure out how to actually do this and then yes. we'll be good yeah <laughs> we just hire some yeah. guy with
2: a with a neck beard and he'll figure it out <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you have that. You could be that guy. Um yeah. th- there's not a whole lot of new technology that I've been like super excited about lately. Um as far as like brand new stuff. I mean, I know that the Shaper origin is now shipping and so people are actually getting their hands on those. And that's something that, you know, it's been it doesn't feel new because it's been talked about and been like we've seen it for so long. Mm-hmm. But it's still pretty awesome. And it's still new because now people are actually getting to use it for the first time. And kind of the same for the Glowforge. It's just a laser, so it doesn't really feel new anymore because the delays have been so great. But people are actually now getting access to it and able to start making stuff with it. So, I mean, I'm kind of excited about those things. I think I'm still uh, not as excited about CNC as I should be because people, I think... Some people have this expectation of me that I'm like super, super duper techy and I think in code and, you know, I'm like that type. And in, in reality, like, I do the, the tech stuff that I need to do to get something done. Can but I, I don't say really one thing?
1: Look. Bob is wearing a heads-up display with like one eyeball, a robot eye, and he's <laughs> saying that he's not a tech
0: guy. And he's... Yeah, but other than that, I mean... <laughs> he's like half Borg. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, as far as like really deep diving into cnc and like being able to take an idea and uh, a complex idea and get it out cnc'd that process still makes me kind of internally go Ugh. Hmm. like I, you know i don't look forward to like i gotta build it in fusion and then i gotta figure out the cam for it and then i gotta get that to the machine and like Ugh. it just feels i feel like the tedious. same way <laughs> And so, but so, I mean, the thing that I'm saying about that is that I feel like I should, and I kind of do want to be more adept at that process yeah. so that it's not such a hassle. Yeah. Mm. But that is what will make the future production and, and prototyping and stuff way easier. But the process of, of, you know, like you have to invest the time into understanding all that stuff and kind of, you know, maintaining it in your brain so you don't have to relearn it every time you want to use the machine. And that's kind of where I'm at with a lot of those things is the process to get it done oh. is still a hassle for me.
2: I thought I thought that using a CNC was cheating. I thought it just did all the work for you.
0: <laughs> well well it does, but like cheating is hard. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's Yeah. I, I'll you tell know, you what, I, oh,
1: I used I used Fusion 360 a couple weeks ago to to make a model for a client and it was it came in absolutely perfect. I, they gave me some hokey sketch, which was really out of scale. I'm like, if you guys think this is what it's going to look like, let me correct you. And I drew it to scale with Infusion, and they were like, oh man, that's exactly what we wanted. And I was able to take pictures of it and color it and everything. So that was like, to me, that was one of the, it was kind of like a little bit of a threshold of like a successful 3D model. It was simple, it wasn't a complicated model, but I was able to show there was a garment rack with a couple of details to have some cross branding on it and stuff. So I was able to show them that. They understood it. And then I made my actual prototype, which looks exactly like the SketchUp model. Exactly, because I colored it and everything. And I I say SketchUp. I meant to say Fusion. And uh, so for me, that was a a win. I really felt like, oh, wow, okay, I can use this technology to my advantage to show somebody who has no interest in technology. All they know is they want this thing. They don't care how I get there. But I want them to fully understand what they're going to get so that I don't take the time to make it. And they go, oh, I didn't know it was going to look like this. Right away, when they sent me that hand sketch, I'm like, "This is way out of scale." If you really think it's going to be that wide to how high it is, it's exactly the opposite. So anyway, so I I used Fusion, and it was a big win for me that that I was able to get it done. I was able to get it done good, and they were able to understand it.
0: So I mean, Fusion is a really good example of what I'm talking about here. Like, I, I it's awesome. It it does amazing things. I love it. I also don't know how to use it. So like I can model things from a SketchUp perspective, like I can make an object that looks like the thing that I kind of want it to look like, but that doesn't necessarily take advantage of any of the things that make Fusion, Fusion, you know, like I could just do that in SketchUp. Fusion, being able to rescale things and be able being able to make like mechanisms that move and understand how the pieces interact and have friction and have, you know, you can do testing and all this stuff, that like just the thought of putting in the time to learning all that i just don't like the learning process of that is make, m- makes me not want to do it i want to know how to do it mm. i don't want to invest that time into learning that stuff yeah and that's just a me thing that's just but it's interesting i see this beautiful technology that can do so much and could make everything in the future that much easier but i have a really hard time getting myself to invest into learning you know all the correct steps and everything right now so i guess yeah. that's kind of where i'm stuck on that particular new technology
2: i'm wondering when are we going to see uh, see a cnc with a camera built into it like the glowforge and the and the the muse because i would yeah. love to see where it's going to carve on a particular piece especially you know for somebody like a sign maker like you can mm-hmm. you can line it up and you can you can position it on the, on the waste board and and set your zero but to actually see where it's going to carve on the piece would be super valuable, and yeah. even uh, so, after you set your Z axis, what if you know there was a a laser that could measure and map out the surface? So if you had something that's not flat, like what you would normally put in a CNC, it could work around that. I I see that that technology. Um, I don't know. I I, I see Glowforge and in, Inventables. They kind of partnered on some materials thing. Like should they should partner mm-hmm. on a machine? Yeah.
0: Dan and Zach, you heard it here first. Yeah. David had a great idea. <laughs> Put it together.
2: And I'm sure they've thought of this. I'm sure they're they're talking about this. But no, no, that was your idea, man. Oh, own okay. that. Yeah. I'll yeah. take that. I'll take that. He he gets ten percent. I just, pat- I, just it. <laughs> I just wrote it in an envelope and mailed it to myself. It just came back.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that works anymore. <laughs> no, it's sweet. My
0: uncle told me it works perfect.
1: <laughs> he knows a lawyer. Oh.
0: Well, um, you guys have anything else on new tech that you're excited about? Because I have to do a live stream in 24 yes. minutes. Uh so do
2: it. it's not necessarily tech, but I got. So I had to break away. I don't know if you guys said, "Hey, David left for 10 minutes," but I broke away because I had a delivery. Uh, I just got a new planer dropped off, <gasps> and it's a Ooh. it's a 16 inch planer, and it's got the helical um, cutter oh, yeah. head. Oh, the cutter head! Oh so it, it has oh. like 18 million little knives on it, and the technology <laughs> it's a lot of, knives. It, it's a lot of <laughs> knives. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like to to change them, but uh, I'm excited about the technology of of having that that helical cutter head. Because it's supposed to yeah. be a lot quieter, a lot smoother, works with non-straight grain Straight woods a lot better. And I don't know. I mean, it's not tech, but
0: it's it's cool. It is. Tech doesn't have to be electrical. You know, right. I mean, it's, it's still technology that's, they figured out how to make those cutting heads better. That's actually something, I'm really curious to hear how that works for you, because I've thought about investing in those cutting heads for my planer and replacing the, you know, you can replace those on a lot of other mm-hmm. planers. Um, so yeah, I'll be interested to hear how that works.
1: The, the good thing about those, and just a quick little 411 for people that don't know, it's it's a million little squares that overlap one another. So this is maybe three bands of them, like, like DNA, and mm-hmm. each one of them is a square, and each one of the squares has four sides, of course, and each one of the four sides is a sharp cutting side. So that if you put your thing through the planar and you have one of them gets a nick in it from a nail, and then you get that one streak that's always in the piece of wood, you could then turn those two or three heads that are nicked to the other side and then you get rid of that nick. So you have whatever, there's obviously multiple. So there's four times as many sharp cutting options on each helical cutting head. Yeah, yeah. A good example is Frank Hallworth's big joiner has the helical, He, 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 he has one like mine, but he took the time and energy to retrofit it with a modern cutting head, which is the helical cutting head. Oh, nice.
2: Yeah, so we
0: take a look. Yeah. Cool. Well, <laughs> um, you guys been watching anything awesome? Yes.
2: So briefly, Jimmy mentioned Make It Extreme, and that's my mm-hmm. pick of the week. He just nice. put out a video a few days ago making a propane blacksmith forge. And mm, yeah. <laughs> it, it's cool. Everything it's this awesome. guy does is just so he's cool. His ch- he is totally insane. You can tell he's a super crazy smart dude because he makes things out of other things and yep. they all come out perfect. It looks like so, and they're just well edited videos. They're entertaining. Yeah. Videos. He's getting
1: better and better. And his, his extreme is getting more and more extreme. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. I always kind of feel like, man, how can he top that? Like, and then he makes some crazy other machine that, you know, you could buy or you could make it. And yeah, yeah, it's he's nuts. Yeah. Really cool stuff.
1: Well, I'm going to talk about my bro, Kyle. Kyle Stumpin' Horse, who built my building. And he's doing a, a daily – well, he's behind, obviously, because he had a building to make. But he did a, a recording or he, he documented every single day. So every 24-hour period of the build, which is about 14 days, he has a video coming out. So he's got day five coming out probably tonight. He just got back into Illinois. He just texted me while we were talking. So – He's got day, day one, day two, day three, day four up. And so you could actually see the process in detail. And it's, it's becoming to be a really successful series for him. I'm looking at the video now. He's, he's breaking 100,000 on one. He's, he's 60,000, 70,000, 70,000. So he's doing really well with this series. And that's, that's a testament to how many people really want to see this process you know, in depth. So he's, it's a daily vlog of the build of the shop in my backyard right now, up to, up to what he's responsible for, which is basically the envelope and the roof and the structure itself. Hmm. Nice. So take a look at
0: that. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> so it, it's actually kind of funny that we talked about technology today because my pick was going to be this before we decided. Somebody sent us a link to a musician named Nigel John Stanford. Did you guys look at this with no. the robots? Oh,
1: yeah, I did. That was incredible, man.
0: That oh, was, my goodness. Oh, my. It's crazy. That
1: was mind-blowing. And talking about <clears throat> being seeing all these robots at this show. Yeah. They were all doing it, this crazy stuff. This is what an incredible video. I forgot about that.
0: So, yeah, and he has a couple of them, like a couple of different songs. But he writes this music and then programs these big robot arms that Jimmy's been talking about to actually play the music. And I forgot all about that. Wow. Well, my. I... It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And you know, people and, might look at that and say it's all fake. But you know it's not fake.
1: I mean, it's not. no one's going to go through the effort to fake that when they could actually really make it work.
0: Yeah, and I mean, as precise as those machines are, there's no reason that they couldn't make it work. I mean, all the, you know... That's what I'm saying. Those, yeah, those robots are made to, you know, pick and place these tiny little components so they could easily pluck a string or hit a drum or, you know, whatever. And ultimately,
1: but, like, for a minute, I'm like, wow. Is it? I know it wasn't, but I'm like, you could create all this world in CGI, but it would be probably easier just to program the robots to do the real thing. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs>
0: Really, really cool. He's got a couple of different videos of that are the, a similar thing where he uses technology to play the music that's kind of about technology. So, yeah, go check them out for sure. Um, You guys got anything else? Hmm. Hmm? After show That's time. it. You got a live yeah. feed to do. I do. So, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week and uh, on to the after show. That's it. Thank you, guys. Yep. I love technology, by the way. <laughs> have you ever seen Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah. Yeah. I love technology.
1: <laughs> oh, I missed that part. I must have to get Oh, really?
0: <laughs> oh, man. That's like, one of the best parts.
2: <laughs> anyway.